So good morning, Eastside family. We want to let our children ages two years old through second grade make their way in that direction to junior worship. If you're visiting and you have kids in that age range, uh, just follow the crowd going in that direction. I want to ask the rest of you who are here to take your Bibles and turn this morning to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. So we're going to look at the same passage we looked at last week, but we're going to just dig deeper personally. And, and we're going to look deeper into a sense of, of practical application. And I'm going to start reading the same story we read last week, and it's going to be in the English Standard Version. That's the Bible I've been using for about six months now. And I'm going to begin reading in, in John chapter 6 and verse 1. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that the people may eat? He said this to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the bar five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. And so, as, as I mentioned to you last week, our church has the rhythm at the beginning of the year. Our Governance Council and our Finance, uh, Finance Committee puts together a, a budget, and it's our, it's our purpose for transparency and honesty to, to present before you our budget request, our budget proposal for 2024, not only so you'll know the needs that are before us, but also so that you'll know how you can participate through your offerings and where they're going and what God is doing with that. This story does just a phenomenal job in laying the foundation for this conversation. And we pretty much, I, I talked about that last week, how like Jesus and his disciples, as we were looking at the, at the budget for 2024, we're kind of like a little boy with five loaves and two fish, thinking, wow, 20 to 25,000 people, and this is what I've got. We're looking at go and make disciples of all nations, 7 billion plus people, and we're called to that. We're looking at the needs of the missions and the ministries and, and this incredible facility that is used in so many ways. And we're looking at things that are like, we're thinking, man, we've only got five loaves and two fish. We, this is much larger and bigger than who we are and what we have to offer. But there's a lesson in this story that if we will learn from the childlike faith of this little boy to say, Lord, this is what I got. This is who I am. 
God takes that. This is the story. It's true. And he multiplied it. And just jaw-dropping story of the disciples must have been, and the crowd, blown away at what God did through the childlike faith and the act of faith of this precious little boy. And God has been doing that here year after year. This, there's something special going on here, but I can't say, look at us and what we're doing. We're not like a monster mega church with millions of dollars, but God is doing some absolutely incredible things here. But the challenge is, God is not saying, just watch this. You guys don't worry about it. I got this covered. God is calling us. Jesus could have said, manna, quail, on everybody in your laps. But he used his disciples. He used this little boy. And he's calling us to step out also as well in acts of faith. But I just want to address something. Because a lot of time when you're preparing a lesson, you're thinking, oh, I bet some of these people are going to be thinking this. I bet some of these people are going to be thinking this. Well, let's just talk about what some of these people may be thinking this morning. Some may be thinking, my goodness, how unspiritual to have a conversation like that here about money and finance. I think a mistake that we make is separating the physical and the spiritual as though they're different and disconnected. This little boy could have said, give food. I'm not giving food. This is a church gathering. We're supposed to be focused on, on spiritual needs. But if you continue reading the story, and you should in, in John chapter 6, Jesus took these physical needs, met the needs, and he used this for spiritual purposes to drive home some powerful truths. As you see, he then teaches about being the bread of life and to really call these people to, uh, to believe in him. The physical and the spiritual are both interconnected. One time someone said, and it was in a presentation like this, they heard that, hey man, we're going we're gonna to be needing a PA system, it's going to cost $30,000. And the response to that person was, I don't want to give if my giving is going to go to some PA system. I want my giving to go to people. And so this person said, I'm not giving. <clears throat> And I'm pretty sure that person, you may be still here. I don't think so. Uh, well, thanks a lot, Eddie. <laughs> Say something nasty, you become a, a sermon illustration, right? Um, I, they're gone. But, but think about that. The PA system is for people. As a matter of fact, at that time when we were mentioning that, I'm pretty sure I remember a big part of what we wanted to do was to improve the system so that those who, who struggle, who are hearing impaired, let's call it that, could have a, a system that would work for them as well. You see, hearing is important. It's scriptural. Faith comes by hearing. We want the word, the message to be heard. This actually is about people. Now, some are struggle because I don't want you to talk to me about this facility and this building. I care and I'm interested in people. Well, let me tell you something from where I sit and what I observe here. I have never in my years of ministry seen a facility that is so used by people, organizations, and events like this particular facility. As a matter of fact, I would even go so far that I dare anyone to show me a church building 
in this nation that is used more for God's eternal kingdom purposes. And, and, and I say that very seriously. One of Sarah who works in our offices, one of her hardest jobs, one of the greatest challenges she faces other than working with a high maintenance preacher. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Kevin, to throw you under the bus like that. <laughs> you got to make fun of your youth pastor every once in a while, right? Her greatest challenge is figuring out how do I get all of these people in all of these places? You'd think there's never a problem with the building this. It's constantly a challenge of placing people and events in this particular facility. The reason we're talking today and you're going to be reading in our budget that we have some needs of this facility is because of what Kathy Holland on our governance council said. This building is is like a Bible that's got duct tape and it's worn. It's a building that's worn out by use. That's a good thing. There's a lot of churches. They open their doors on Sundays and they're closed until the following Sunday. This is an incredible instrument of God, but it's, it's certainly used. Now, here's another thing just to address that. I don't know if you noticed. I'm not sure if we're going to keep that. We've been doing the announcements for the offering Normally, I would do it before the sermon, and you notice I just didn't. I didn't do it last week. We switched it to the earlier time of the announcement, so you'd have time to drop it off in the box. But there have been some who have indirectly, sadly, most of the time when there's a problem with what I say, I don't get it directly, I get it indirectly. Um, somebody, I've heard that there's this, you know, indirectly, there's this, ah, that kind of just really... I don't know if they say it like this, but it kind of gets on their nerves that Eddie always talks about money every single Sunday, talking about the offering. My guess is those are people who are not reading their Bibles much at all. Because listen, you can't read the Bible. And notice that the most dominant theme that Jesus talked about, and he talked about a lot of things, is money and finance. Read the Bible and you're going to see that God brings up tithing. And it's like, huge to God. It's not because God's up there going, man, I need their money. Man, I need their money. But God understands that our offerings, our tithing, or reflection, or our lack of tithing, or a reflection of our faithfulness, or a lack of faithfulness. Our giving is a, it's, it's about worship. It's about God in this moment this is how important. This is where I place you in my life. It's about our priorities. It's an expression of God. This is how much I really trust you. Our giving is really a great indicator of, of our spiritual health. We care about that. And so we want to we talk about that. We're not going, oh, we're not going to make it another year without, without certain donations. We really care about the spiritual growth and health of each one of us spiritually. And our physical aspects are connected to the spiritual. And so you see here in this story, in John chapter 6, that really, as I said last week, it's something bigger than fish and loaves or money and donations and offerings. He says in John twenty thirty one, this story of this amazing event of Jesus taking this offering of this little boy and multiplying it to meet all kinds of needs to thousands of people. It's really about belief. This is a sign, a miracle, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And so you know what this story is really doing? It's bringing us face to face as we see Jesus and this little boy's offering to ask ourselves, do I really believe this? Does my life reflect that I believe this? Do my offerings reflect that I believe this? So listen, in truth, this conversation 
is penetrating deep inside each one of us to look at where is God in our lives. To focus on our, on our faith and our priorities. But it's doing so in a, in a very personal, in a very practical, in a very stepping on toes ways. For some of us, I would guess. Now, I've said this before about prayer as, a, as an aspect of worship. And I really believe it's true for our worship expressed through our offering. I would suggest that the degree to which you sacrificially give, in two ways perhaps we could say, as we're going to talk about volunteering your service or in this way that you give through the donations you bring to this church regularly, to that degree you will experience growth and health in your faith as well. This is an important conversation. Now, last week you may have said, Eddie, that was a cute little story. Uh, I liked your illustration, but you were really vague when it got down to the nuts and bolts of the budget. That's why we have part two today. First of all, to address that, there is a table right there that I want you to take a look at on your way out. Sarah has placed a stack of papers that are our budget uh, details. Now, very few people ever take them, but you're welcome to take one. And if we run out, we'll make more copies for you. The thing is, whether you take them or not, it's important to us that you know that that's there And we want you to see it if you would like to. But that's one thing about the details. The other thing is, very thankful that we have Tim up here today. He's one of our shepherds, but he also serves um, on our governance council. And his plan or his, his, his objective today is to really go over with us some more of the nuts and bolts details. Kind of like his way of saying, here's the 20 to 25,000 people that God is calling us to feed. That's what, that's what we're looking at. Here are our needs that are before us. And then second, I got to be careful with my hands today, all right? And then, and then secondly, secondly, as Tim shares, this is a very personal, very practical way to live out the childlike faith that we see in this little boy in this story. Tim. So with an introduction like that, I, I'm kind of left feeling, well, why am I up here? I feel a little bit like... Moses. I'm not a good speaker. And uh, I, I venture to say most of the other elders would say the, the same thing. You know, why, why would we be up here talking when we have Aaron over here that can speak so much better? Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. He's, he gets to be Moses, right? <laughs> <laughs> we all know what happened with Aaron, right? Go ahead. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, he got to be the high priest. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Well, your elders felt like it was important for you to know that not only do we know what's in the budget that we are presenting, but that we made some key decisions about it. Um, We spent a lot of time in prayer as we came to those decisions. And, you know, it, it may be easy to think, well, you know, the finance committee develops the budget, and I, I wonder if the elders even know what's in it. Did they, just, did they just put their stamp of approval on it without looking at it? Do they really know what's in it? Um, and I can say emphatically, no. We spent several meetings talking with Sarah, getting input from the finance committee. We spent a lot of time praying, and ultimately, we 
are the ones that made the decision on what you see in what I'm presenting today and in, in the budget that is back there. Now, normally you wouldn't start a sermon like this, but I'm going to start off with what we call in the military the bluff, the bottom line up front. And that is that God has shown us in many ways over the last few years that he will bless us if we trust him letting our light shine in this community and we trust that he's going to continue to do that. Eddie made the point last week about uh, about story of Jesus taking a boy's lunch that was clearly inadequate and providing way beyond what was actually required. And this is one big way we have the opportunity to live out our vision for 2024 to grow inward, outward, and upward. So I'm going to start with the big one. Eddie kind of left the cliffhanger last week, and then uh, he, uh, he left you wondering again as we start. So um, as Eddie alluded to, we have a really big expense that has come due. The last part of our roof needs to be replaced. It's the north wing over what we know of as the children's ministry or what is the PPCS preschool wing. The roof that's there is over 20 years old. We've repaired it several times and can no longer do that. It needs to be replaced this year. And we projected, based on the information that we got from Megan, our facility manager, and Jody, who's been helping her as our previous facility manager and is transitioning uh, away from that role now, based on their experience of what this type of thing costs and materials and all that, that it, we projected that it would cost about $400,000. All of the other portions of our roof have been replaced up to this point over the last several years, and this is the last big section. Now, God has blessed us with money in our reserves, but $400,000 would take almost all of it to fix it. In addition to that, for our, our budget specifically for this year, we have also made increases in a few areas because we thought it was important. <clears throat> we increased the budget in uh, men's and women's ministries because these ministries are renewing their focus on growing our, the faith of our men and women, something we as shepherds believe is important to our congregation in growing inward, outward, and upward. We also gave our, our children's minister, Taylor, a raise because she stepped in uh, after Laureen's departure this last year and also in recognition of uh, the effort that she puts in week in and week out. Mm -hmm. We believe we must pour into our children Amen. as God instructs us in both Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 7 and Matthew chapter 19 verse 14. And we gave one of our missionaries, Nathan Holland, in Angola an increase this year because he frankly wasn't able to afford to have his family with him in Angola based on the cost of living and the support that we were providing as well as, again, in recognition of the amazing work that has been going on over there with his team in the last couple of years. We didn't just make increases. We trimmed our budget in a few areas, but it didn't offset the difference between where our contributions have been and the allocations we made in our budget. It, it never was going to get there. 
we also felt like we didn't want to cut the things that make east side east side. And making those types of cuts wouldn't have paid for a new roof anyway. Much more importantly, however, Jesus' mission to us was to go into all the world, abroad, in our community, and even in this body, and make disciples. And I might extend to deepen discipleship too. Making the cuts necessary would have meant cutting into how we carry out that mission that Jesus gave us. Therefore, we are presenting a budget to you that shows us about $40,000 below where we expected contributions to be for this year when we were formulating that budget, in addition to the need to replace the roof. Now, we also have our family care that we used to have as part of our budget. Family care is what we use to take care of our members inside this body whenever they have expenses that they can't handle. Things like maybe a major car repair or extreme medical expenses. Luke tells us in Acts to take care of each other like that, sharing what we have with others. We've been blessed the last couple of years to have enough money in that family care account that we haven't needed uh, to increase that amount. But we have now depleted those reserves and we need to replenish it. Therefore, we're going to have a special contribution on March 10th going specifically for family care. You might be thinking, so what do you expect from us after that? Well, your shepherds are asking three things from you. First of all, we're asking you to trust God. Time and time again, God demonstrates that if we trust him, he will take care of us. Eddie mentioned manna and quail in the deserts. The Israelites were in the middle of the desert with no food anywhere around, certainly not for that number of people, and he provided manna and quail for them. Jesus also said that if the lilies of the field and the birds of the air are cared for, will I not also care for you? Number two, pray. Jesus says that if we ask with faith as small as a mustard seed, that, he will, that it will be given to us. Eddie said last week that he prays for the mortgage to be paid off. I will tell you that I pray for, for that every day, along with all of our upcoming building expenses that will be taken care of. And I don't know how he will do that, but I trust that he will. And number three is give. Just like Eddie mentioned last week, we're asking specifically, first of all, if you're not currently giving to give, or if you're not currently giving to East Side to start giving regularly. Some of you may be giving to other great works, but not necessarily to East Side. And so if you're in that category, we need your help uh, to, uh, to help carry on the mission of this church. Number two, let tithing of 10% be your starting point. Many of you will be getting tax returns in a few short weeks, and we encourage you to tithe those tax returns in addition to your regular income. And that could be part of our family care contribution, or it could be part of uh, the general fund. But we ask you to tithe your income and, and your tax returns. And if you're already a regular giver, we challenge you to increase your giving at least 5%. 
And finally, give of your time. Some of you may be thinking, I would love to give more than I'm giving right now. I just don't have more to give. Give of your time. We have opportunities this year to do work that will help offset some of those building costs. And for some of you, this is an easier way to give because you can't afford to give more. And we understand that. And so again, some of you might be sitting there asking yourself, why in the world would they do this? Why would you, why would you be presenting a budget that is this irresponsible? It seems irresponsible. And I would agree with that. It may seem irresponsible on the surface. But just like Jesus feeding the 5,000, he didn't make a decision based on what they had. He made a decision based on the need. After the Israelites had returned from captivity, they, they were rebuilding their land, they had rebuilt the temple, they were rebuilding their lives, and somewhere along the way, they had lost their way again. They had begun neglecting their worship, they had begun neglecting their offerings, and the prophet Malachi came on the scene, and he, uh, he challenged them in that he called them out on it, telling them that they weren't doing what God had expected of them, but also providing the encouragement that they needed. Malachi says in chapter 3, verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. We are mindful of the costs we are facing and what we are asking of you. But God's promise in Malachi still holds true today, and I believe God will show it to us if we trust. In fact, we've gotten a glimpse of a few instances already where God has shown us that he will provide if we trust in him and not in ourselves. <clears throat> You may remember last year when we had that terrible sewer backup that we had to close the bathrooms for several days. We initially got a quote from the plumber that cleared the line of what it was going to take to fix it. And that quote came in at $51,000. After talking with a few folks that knew, it seemed like that quote might be high. And so we got some quotes from some other companies and found out that the original quote of what they said we needed to do actually wasn't needed. And we were able to complete the actually needed repairs for $11,000. We had a few problems with our HVAC units this past year. And rather than having to hire a repairman, one of our PPCS families stepped up and has been providing the needed maintenance at no charge. Now, this is somebody trained in HVAC, not somebody like me that might have a wrench in their garage. <clears throat> we didn't ask for that. He just stepped up and filled a need. This past fall, we had a work day at our church. We had a couple of toilets that needed to be replaced. Daryl Godoy stepped up and replaced those toilets. Oh, and that, that $400,000 roof quote? Now, every one of us on the GC and the Finance Committee have been praying for God to intervene on that quote. Well, we got it. And it wasn't $400,000. It was $232,000. 
Tell me God isn't working. Now, $232,000 is nothing to sneeze at. And we still have big things that we are asking and imagining of God to work here this year. Your shepherds are now asking you to ask and imagine with us and to be part of that. I promise you that if we do that, we will experience the growth from our 2024 vision. Trusting, praying, and giving will grow us upward and even inward. And the fruit of that growth will also grow us even more inwardly as well as outwardly. So how is God going to turn five loaves and two fish into enough food for everyone plus 12 baskets of leftovers here at Eastside? I don't have any idea. Will he bring in increased contributions higher than we could have ever dreamed? Will he inspire someone to pay off the mortgage? Will he keep bringing in insanely low quotes for the, the things that we need to do? Will it supernaturally hold our infrastructure together so that, you know, we don't have to do those things that we see coming? I don't know. But what I do know is that he will do it because he's already shown us that he will. We just need to keep trusting, keep praying, and keep bringing the whole tithe into the storehouse. Let's pray. Father, I, I admit to being a little bit nervous and very humbled as I bring this message this morning. Because as I, I look out over the, the congregation, I wonder what people are thinking. And Father, I, uh, I know that we have asked a lot of this congregation for this year. But Father, I know in my heart that as we, we the shepherds, prayed over what we needed to do this year, that you guided us in that. Father, I know with all my heart that those things that we, that, that could have been astronomical in price suddenly weren't that much anymore. And so you have shown us already that you will provide if we will trust you. I, uh, I, I think about that story Eddie told last week about George Mueller and uh, praying for the breakfast that they were going to have when they didn't have anything and it suddenly appeared. And Father, you have shown that you will provide. Father, I don't know how you're going to do that, but I know that you will. And so, Father, I pray that as we embark this year on this journey, that you will do what you promised to do. I pray, Father, that, that you would show us your great power and your great provision for us. And, Father, I pray that you would inspire us to do exactly what you have asked us to do, to test you in this mm -hmm. and see if you will not bring into the storehouse more than we could have ever asked or imagined. Father, we, uh, Father, we love you and we, we entrust this to you today and in this coming year, knowing that you will grow us inward, outward, 
and upward throughout this year as we answer your call. I'm going to ask that you stand now. Let's continue in this prayer. Father, some of us that are here this morning, we're like the disciples and Jesus where there's something huge just before us and we're looking at what we have in our lives. We don't have the wisdom or the strength to carry it out. Maybe it's related to a job. Maybe it's related to finances. Maybe it's related to an illness. Maybe it's related to a, a mental struggle or battle or relationship issue. There's so many things, so many heavy burdens that we're carrying, impossibilities that were for us. And so, Father, as Tim was sharing, we come before you and we trust you. And in this moment of prayer, we, we bring them before you. We ask you, Lord God, to take our lives and multiply what we are and what we have to meet the needs of the individuals here. But Lord, I just want to, we want to we take this moment now to pray together. And if there's someone here who is carrying a heavy burden, I want to really encourage you as we offer up this song to reach out to someone that would pray to you. If you know that person and they're, they're burdened heavily with an impossibility before them, I want to encourage you to go and hug them and, and pray with them. Father, we understand that you're not just saying, I, I, I want your offerings or your volunteer service. As you gave your all, you're calling us to offer up our lives and our hearts fully to you. God, we offer this song to you, but may it be more than a song. May it be the way we live our lives. Hear this prayer in Jesus' name. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.